How can you achieve and maintain business growth? Harvard Business School Executive Education is now accepting applications for a new program, Driving Profitable Growth. Taking place in Boston from October 25th through the 28th, this program focuses on business expansion and organizational growth strategies that can lead your company into the future. Learn more about this three-day program for senior leaders by visiting hbs.me growth. That's hbs.me growth. Welcome to Locked on Bucks, brought to you by brewhoop.com, and today brought to you by macweldon.com, your source for the best, most comfortable most wearable, wonderful underwear, socks, shirts. Um, is there anything else on that? I, hoodies, maybe, dude, hoodies, hoodies, hoodies. Of course. How could we I forget? We both have the hoodie, man. Come I on. know. I know. Uh, so underwear, socks, shirts, and hoodies. I think they might have sweatpants there as well. Um, but yeah, anything comfortable. That is Mac Weldon. And if you go to MacWeldon.com, you can get 20% off using our promo code. And our promo code is, of course, L-O-B-U-C-K-S. That is L-O-Bucks. And that's 20% off uh, on your purchase at, MacWeld- at MacWeldon.com. So go ahead and use that today. And I, I guess, again... That might be a good thing. Uh, go do some sad shopping. Is that a thing people do? Like when you're sad, go shop. Uh, go go buy some stuff online because this this Bucks game was uh, about as ugly as a game can get. The Bucks fall ninety six to seventy three to the Miami Heat, who were two and eight before this game, and a forty eight forty eight tie at the half, and the Bucks end up losing ninety six to seventy three. So that's just twenty five points in the second half, and they end the game on a twenty five to four run. So they it was close ish. As as the third quarter started, um, only a five point game, and the Bucks just get blown out from there. So ugly, ugly game. And when you go to the individual players, it does not get any prettier. Um, you look at Jabari Parker. Uh, Jabari's a minus twenty three on the night. Uh, Giannis a minus twenty. Delvadova is a minus nineteen. Tony Snell, minus 13. Uh, Plumley minus 13. Jason Terry, minus 14. Um, and then pretty much everyone else was a minus, uh, except not in double digits on the minus, except one guy. Frank, can you guess who that one guy was that was a plus tonight? The one guy that was a plus tonight? Yeah. Um, well, I know Greg Monroe was a zero. Uh, we'll get into that later. We'll get into that. Uh, the one guy who was a plus. I'm trying to think of somebody who played early and then didn't play at all. Uh, I don't know, Jason Terry or somebody like that? Nope, Jason Terry at minus 19. Michael Beasley, <laughs> a plus 6. Well, he, he deserved to be plus because he actually like played pretty well. Uh, yeah, 13 points, 10 rebounds, the only double-double on the night from the Bucks. 5 of 11 from the field, 3 of 5 from the line. So, Bees gets to have a nice game, and that's great because we're not going to talk about it because everything else was <laughs> was so bad. Uh, yeah, I can't even try to convince myself into a positive on that one. Uh, taking a look at the Bucks' two young stars, they combined for 10 of 35 shooting on the night. Jabari, 5 of 20. Giannis, 5 of 15. They're 1 of 8 from the three-point line, just 4 of 5 uh, from the free-throw line. So only five free-throws on the night for those two. Uh, Complete lines for each of them. Giannis, 14 points, 7 rebounds, 4 assists. Jabari, 11 points, 8 rebounds, 2 assists. And 
Yeah, it was it was pretty ugly. Um, there, there's really no denying that, and I, I don't even, I don't even know. Do you have some thoughts, Frank? I, I know you're you're driving right now, so maybe, uh, I don't even know. Maybe that's helping you take your mind off it. But uh, it was an ugly one. Yeah, and I apologize if, uh, if my audio quality is bad. I'm, I'm, I'm having flashbacks to uh, uh, sports talk radio in the mid to late '90s when people would call in from their car and it'd be a car phone remember car phone it's exciting it was exciting are you people we probably have people who are like 18 years old listening to this podcast who have no idea what a car phone is oh. but it is a phone in a car that couldn't leave the car correct um my uncle then, was jacked about his he loved it yeah there was a, a place called car phones plus do you remember that place they would do ads and it was like they sold car phones <laughs> and probably more things given the plus but and then if you called in, the they would always announce you as being, you know, like, oh, Greg on a car phone, you know. <laughs> and then Greg would get on the phone and he'd be like, you know, because you have to tell where somebody's calling from. I mean, yeah. you, you work in sports radio. You know the drill. And oh, I know. You would, And then people would have to, like, announce where they are. So be like, ah, uh, yeah, it's Greg. I'm uh, driving through Pewaukee now. Uh, Vin, <laughs> I want to talk about Vin Baker, uh, you know. But, um, yeah, so I'm, I'm actually, I just left Dallas. I'm driving to Austin, Texas right now. So apologies for that digression. Um, but uh, I, ironically that I'm driving from Dallas because that was remarkably similar to the Mavericks game with the exception that it took 48 minutes for the Bucks to like stop playing and then they got outscored, I think, 12 to 1 in overtime. Tonight they just stopped playing like at the 8-minute mark or 7-minute mark or something like that on the fourth quarter. Uh, and in that game in Dallas, Jabari, or Giannis got early fouls. Yep. The Bucks jumped out to a 22-9 lead in spite of that. Jabari looked good early on tonight. They jump out to a 20-6 lead after Giannis picks up two quick fouls, as usual, like being like stupidly over-aggressive and handsy, you yep. know, 25 feet from the basket. Um, and then Jabari, you know, played looked good early on. He had a three in the second quarter. And then in the second half, you know, offensively the wheels come off, just like brick after brick after brick. You know, tonight, I mean, in the last five minutes, Giannis and Jabari were just, like, chucking. They were, like, had wide-open looks. They are just missing everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and the irony was that I think, you know, everybody was ready to just torch Kid for <laughs> the, like, random lineup he started the fourth quarter with. It was, like, you know, Brogdon and Beasley and Toledovich and, you know, basically, like, no starters. Yeah, the, um, the, I'll get that. It's Brogdon, Jet, Beasley, Toledovich, and Jet. Henson uh, yeah, exactly. to start the fourth well, quarter. Well, so Henson's technically a starter, blah, blah, blah. But... Um, but ironically, those guys keep the game close. Yeah, they were, it's seven, they were, 73-69, and I think the starters came in right around that point. And then the starters just, you know, laid down and just barfed all over the court. It um, was somewhat the starters. Uh, at eight eighteen, you see the lineup of Delhi, Giannis, Jabari, Snell, and Jet. And in just seventy-eight seconds, they were a minus six, and it only got worse from there. Yeah. So. I don't know. I mean, it was a weird game. We'll talk about Greg Monroe not playing in a moment. Uh, I thought Greg Monroe was going to play a lot tonight because he played only seven minutes last night as the Bucks went small. Instead, Henson starts, Plumlee comes off the bench, and Greg Monroe just sort of sat on the bench with a bemused look for most of the game <laughs> and prompting all of us to be wondering, wow, your offense sucks. Maybe you should put in you know, your only big man who can score points. And... Uh, Instead, we were subjected to Giannis posting up Deion Waiters and being completely incapable of doing anything other than 
picking up his dribble 12 feet from the hoop and being stranded, it seemed. So, uh, yeah, not a, not a good game for anybody. Uh, Jabari, Jabari must, I, I don't, I'm, I'm curious. I don't have the numbers, obviously, because I'm driving, but um, he must have missed, like, his last 10 shots. It was incredible. He, he scored, I think, early in the third quarter to get to 11 points and then didn't score again. And just, you know, it's weird. Jabari's, like, scoring from one half to another is, like, completely uncorrelated. Like, he looks yeah. great one quarter, and then he's just complete garbage the next quarter, the next half. Um, I, don't really, I don't really understand it other than, you know, he's young, blah, blah, blah. But, um, yeah, I mean, some of it was – I think on Giannis, it was more defense. Um, Jabari, I think he got frustrated because, once again, teams were bodying him. He was getting contact. Getting no calls whatsoever, which I'm I'm getting pretty frustrated with, to be honest. I don't know. I'm I'm not like it's rare that I blame officiating for for you know losses, and I don't think the Bucks lost in it because of officiating. But I'm generally, like I get enraged like once or twice a game now over the last couple of weeks with Jabari just getting like no no respect from officials. So I'm just gonna put that out there. I think Giannis got hit a couple times tonight as well, but it was like because Whiteside was blocking shots that anybody could do anything to the Bucks. it's felt like at times so anyway that's my like frustrated fan calling in on a car phone uh <laughs> rant of the night so tell tell me tell, tell me your views on that i'm probably just overly frustrated uh yeah they never really looked comfortable um in the second half and part of it might have been because they weren't wearing mac weldon because mac weldon <laughs> is the most comfortable clothing that you could attempt to wear and it's better than whatever you're wearing right now frank do you have a hoodie on right now do you have any... I, you know, i'm not wearing i should have because it's now fall in texas and you can wear hoodies outside again and i'm i'm driving and i tr- changed out of my work clothes and i was really annoyed because i totally forgot to pack my <laughs> mac weldon gray hoodie which i think you have the same hoodie in a slightly different color it's so and clutch. i'm trying to remember did I wore that hoodie when I went to the Bucks opener, I think, and I'm trying to remember if I don't remember if you wore yours, mm. but they, I didn't wear I didn't wear it to the game. Okay. But when I met you at Goolsby's, it was raining. So what are you going to throw on over the top of your dress clothes? A little hoodie action. So yeah, boom. I did wear it. Damn, boom! And they're luckily we we don't have matching ones. They're different colors. Yeah. So yeah. it would have been embarrassing if we were walking around dressed exactly the same oh for sure soup's um, embarrassing soup's embarrassing soup soup's embarrassing but i uh i am a huge buyer on the the mac walton hoodie it's pretty it's like and and we should point out like it again it is not the like ratty college athletic which we all have hoodie, we which all we have, all have and I, I love and they're yeah, the best and I, and I love that hoodie that type of hoodie too but this is actually like a nice hoodie that you can like wear over a college shirt and like go to a restaurant and not like have your wife or spouse or whoever feel embarrassed <laughs> to be seen with you. It's like, oh yeah, you're actually like, you're well a human being. Together. Cool. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And I and I also wore. I will say, I said I would, and I did. I have some really comfortable, nice, uh, blue and green. Uh, I call them my bucks socks. They are they are very boxy. They're very boxy, and they look nice. And I can wear them with like you know slacks and stuff like that too. I wore those to that bucks game. And the Bucks lost, so I don't know. Maybe they're bad luck, but they—I like the way they look, and they're—they're they're very comfortable. So anyway, but that is—that is my gen, very genuine Mac Weldon testimony, which is good because we—it would be bad if we were advertising for them and we didn't actually like the product. I mean, we couldn't—we we legally. I don't think we can like the. I think Correct. the like Federal Trade Commission like would not allow us legally to say nice things about Mac Weldon if we didn't like them. And if there's one thing I would never do, it's commit a federal crime. So. 
I'm I'm the same way. I'm really against federal <laughs> crimes, Frank. Uh, but yeah, so at Mac Weldon, uh, most comfortable underwear, socks, shirts, undershirts, hoodies, sweatpants, literally anything that you'd want to wear, they have. And the good thing is, like Frank said, like that this was our first time having it, um, and they want you to be comfortable. So if you don't like your first pair, you can keep it, and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. So. Um, Go to MacWeldon.com, try it out today, and like I said at the start of the podcast, get a 20% off promo. Um, it's really easy. Our promo code is L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks for Lockdown Bucks, and that'll get you 20% off uh, your very first purchase. Uh, but getting back into this game, I, I will say this. Jabari does not get calls right now. Uh, I tweeted out that his whistle is not kind, um, but I will also say that I think the Bucks have done a pretty nice job complaining to officials about it. Um, I know the other I want I want I want Jason Kidd technical. I, I and I do feel like he tried not not this game. Actually, he did kind of try to get teed up this game. I, I don't know. He must need to say something. He's got to say some magic words to these officials some at some point. But I feel like the last home game when Jabari wasn't getting calls, I can't remember which one it was. Um, but Kidd called the timeout with I think like six minutes left in the fourth quarter and pretty much used the whole timeout to berate the officiating crew and yeah, let them know. The Grizz- yeah, the Grizzlies game, yeah. It, sure. it, and he, it was pretty much, okay, start giving Jabari calls. Like, this is enough. I'm tired of it. He needs to start getting calls. Um, so I, I will say that they have been there for him, or at least it appears that they've been there for him. And obviously you don't get to see all that same stuff on TV. He could have been doing the same thing in Miami, but – I know for sure in that Grizzlies game because I could see it with my own two eyes like for two minutes he just went at that officiating crew um, but yeah Jabari does not get calls and I, I do I, I guess if you have to theorize why I think he's just so barrel chested and so big that officials don't really I don't know they don't give him calls like because we, we talked earlier in the season about him not re- necessarily playing to contact, but I feel like he's been doing a much better job of that as of late. Actually playing into contact, hitting defenders on the shoulder, get, getting into their bodies, and he just hasn't been getting calls. So uh, it's, it's a strange situation that uh, one of the top picks in the draft, uh, one of the Bucks' best players, just can't seem to get any calls. Um, that's not great. Um, and it certainly doesn't help. I know I made a joke about it in the fourth quarter about, um, oh, look, there's a brick wall. Let me go run into it, and let me see if I can run through it. Oh, whoops, I fell down. Oh, look, there's a brick wall. Let me go see if I can run through it. Oh, whoops, I fell down. Oh, look, there's a brick wall. Let me go see if I can run through it. And, yeah, Giannis and Jabari kept attacking the rim, which is nice. It's nice to see them continue to attack and not get frustrated, but – when the brick wall you're running into happens to be seven feet tall and one of the best shot blockers in the league, maybe not the best strategy. Um, and they just really couldn't get anything going. And, uh, the ball movement kind of came to a halt and it was just one-on-one straight at the basket and see what they can do. And it wasn't working. And I think that's how you get a 25 to 25 to four run to close out the game. Yeah. And, the, the ball movement was good early in the game, right? Mm-hmm. They had 15 assists on their on their 18 made baskets at halftime. Uh, Tony Snell had, what, four threes, I think, like that? Yep, four of seven from the, the three-point line. Um, so Tony Snell, actually, Tony Snell and Michael Beasley, we can point out, were, were, were 
were not garbage tonight. So. Well, well, Snell wasn't great in the second half. Well, he hit four threes, and let's be honest with this team, that <laughs> that's a win. That's a win. Yes, good category. Uh, but what were the Bucks on threes? What was their final line on threes tonight? The Bucks were seven of twenty-three from the three-point line. So if they don't get into the attack the rim relentlessly despite it not working i think and they do have some more ball movement they probably get close to that 30 number tonight yeah it'll be interesting i i just hope and i it'll be curious i i'm curious what jabari's three-point percentage will be down to um after this game because yeah one of six tonight um you know and i I hope, and I don't know, it'll be interesting to see. I hope that the message to him isn't like, oh, you, you were settling for jump shots. That's why you had a bad night. Because nothing was working. I mean, he was trying to go inside. He was taking open jump shots. Yeah, I mean, I mean he took he took three threes in the, thir- in the fourth quarter. He missed all of them. But as they were happening, I was saying, good job, yeah. Jabari. Like, nice yeah, shot. Like, that's exactly what you need. Like, they are packing they're just packed in on you. And I think someone sent both of us a vine of uh, – white side like shrugging his shoulders or something as your body shot threes and it and it's like okay if that's how he wants to feel shoot the three like like you're a talented enough shooter you're shooting close to 40 percent for most of this season from three so step into it and knock it down and you know what sometimes threes don't go in but you do have to keep shooting them and i i was happy to see after he missed that first fourth quarter three that they left him wide open for that he took two more so uh, again he ends up Missing all three, going 0 for 3 uh, from 3 in the fourth quarter and 0 for 3 from uh, the field in the fourth quarter as well. So 0 for 6, and in the third quarter, I think he's 1 for 4. So obviously a rough second half, but uh, he did keep cont- he did keep attacking, and he did shoot some of those threes, and that's, that's, that's a step forward, I think, in my mind. And ironically, I, I don't – it might have been – it might have been Giannis' last basket. Uh, he hit that – and. Marcus Johnson referred to it as like a dirk step back, which yep. is not a shot that Giannis has in his arsenal. Correct. I feel like um, the I feel like that the dirk step back, like Porzingis hit one against the Mavs the other night. Dirk was joking about it. I, here's the thing about the dirk step the dirk step back. If you're not dirk and you shoot a dirk step back, you should not be shooting a dirk step back. I, I like Giannis made it tonight, and obviously I was happy because. He had a horrible game and sort of by Giannis' standards. Yeah. Um, but that shot just and yeah, I don't. I feel like I can't remember Giannis shooting one of those other than like in his first preseason game in Cleveland. He hit one randomly, um, like as a rookie. Uh, but I, th- I think he maybe had one, eh, maybe like two or three last year. Yeah. I in general, I, I hate that shot. Um, and Giannis should never shoot fadeaway jumpers uh, anywhere, pretty much, because he can't. I mean, his shot is still, let's be honest, broken. Um, and I'm, I'm glad he's still trying to shoot a bit, but, um, you know, that's probably the one thing that's, you know, it's kind of weird. Like the, the upside is he's super productive and the bucks are generally way better when he's on the court, even without a jump shot. So, you know, it's sort of the thing if, if he ever got one, that would be a huge, huge addition. But, um, you know, he had a decent three point shot as a rookie and, he fixed his mechanics and he's been pretty much, you know, poor ever since. So yeah. I don't know. It's, it's weird. It's like a weird thing that is not encouraging, but obviously for the most part, everything else is, is coming into play. But anyway, well, I don't know if there's anything else. I, I don't want to talk about this game, but burn the videotapes on this game. Um, we do, we do, po- have, we do have one thing left podcast, to talk about. Burn this podcast when we're done with it. Uh, 
what uh but there is something we, we do have to talk about it that we should talk about lay it on me here so obviously the the thing that stuck out uh, I don't want to say most because there's a lot of things that stuck out during this game. But something that stuck out during this game was obviously Greg Monroe not playing. Um, he played just seven minutes against the Hawks um, and then obviously didn't play at all tonight. And in the postgame press conference, Charles Gardner asked Kidd about Monroe not playing against the Heat. And I do want to read his response in full. One, because you haven't got to read it because you're on the road. And two, I do think it it is interesting and something that we need to discuss. So uh, here we go. From Jason Kidd, we talked today about just trying to get to centers. You know, I'm trying to play all three, and I think it has an effect on them of short minutes or whatever it may be. So me and Greg talked today that I was going to go with the other two centers. Now, yesterday's game, that was a different story. We went small, and it got us back in the game. So they don't both go together. I think that means not the same situation in both. We're playing matchups against the Hawks, not the same thing here uh, against the Heat. Uh, Charles asked another question just to kind of clarify and said, and tonight, and Kid responded, we're going to play two centers. Talking to, the, talking to those guys, I want the best for all three, but they feel like they just can't get into a rhythm. They get a little frustrated with the short amount of time, so we looked at something different tonight. Now, for this season, the, the the canned answer when asked about this has been, we have three centers. Sometimes there's just not going to be enough time for all three. That has been the answer I've gotten any time I've asked about it. That's the answer Charles has got any time he's asked about it. Um, our friend Kale Chunard was in Atlanta, and he asked about it last night, and he, he got the same answer other than, except sometimes we like to have Giannis play center, which isn't really the truth, but aside from the fact. Um, so that's the answer we've gotten all year. This is the first time we've gotten any sort of hint, any sort of suggestion that those three guys are upset with, are are bristling at the idea of having three centers and not getting enough minutes in a game to get into a flow. This is the first time we've heard something of that nature. Um, so I I guess, Frank, I think this is how we should spend the final five to ten minutes of this podcast is discussing that quote. And one, if it means anything, two, if it's surprising, and three, if you think that's a trend going forward. Are, are the Bucks only going to go to two centers going forward? Well, I think we said the other night the weirdest thing about the Bucks rotations is that they actually try to play three centers. Um, and on the one hand... It is perhaps not surprising because they are paying forty some million dollars a year to those three centers in aggregate. Um, and you know, again, we always talk about how they really need to trade one of them, and it's obviously harder to trade one if you know that guy is is not playing much. Now, granted, um, you know, you might as well if if you're just trying to trade one of them, you might as well bench Plumley because you know Plumley's not movable with his contract. Correct. Um, so, you know, and, and Plumlee also is the guy that I think um, would tolerate just being benched the best. Well, actually, John Henson doesn't care. I don't think John Henson particularly cares if he plays or not. Um, but uh, Plumlee has done it before, right? He's sat on the bench for much of the first couple of months of last season. And John's sort of done it too, uh, but yeah. yes. Yeah, that's fair. Um, 
so I don't know. It, it's an interesting thing. I mean, we talked about it. Like, it's not normal to try to play three centers. Uh, as we were watching the game, in my my like, in my head, my uh, as I was trying to guess what the the story would be, and I didn't really expect to get the story from Kid. I expected Kid would just give some canned answer about how he all of the centers are playing well, which of course is not true. But you know, Kid isn't going <laughs> to acknowledge typically that. Like, I mean, you're not going to bury is, one of your guys publicly. Yeah, he's not going to bury one of his guys. Which you know, whatever. Like it's just like one of those things you accept that is going to be lied about that yeah. a player is that like oh Plumley's this Plumlee isn't didn't get benched because he's not playing well. Well, no, okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> um, but whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, so it it's logical in some sense, but I think it's also interesting because it's like well, Greg Monroe has clearly been the kind of most consistent best player among those three centers, and you could argue well lineups something matchups he doesn't match up well with Whiteside or something tonight um but you know i mean you're comparing him against two guys who really haven't been good at all this year so yeah. it's it's sort of a interesting comparison and i don't my my unfounded hypothesis as i was watching the game was that monroe might have been pissed about only playing seven minutes last night so kid was basically like all right you don't like playing seven minutes well tonight you're not gonna play at all that was <laughs> That was my kind of guess, because um, obviously a lot of these guys who you're used to playing, like they don't like the short rest because you know it is hard to get into a rhythm and their stats suffer. And these guys care about their stats and, and whatever. And I assume Greg cares about his touches and his stats, and you know it's just whatever. It's not judging, but that's that matters to people. Um, so so yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it. I don't react in. I mean it. I'm not surprised, um, but it just sort of reinforces that this team needs to move one of its centers. And um, unfortunately, you know, as we said last night, the Bucks uh, bought high on on Beanie Babies in 1997, and now they've got uh, you know they're a couple thousand bucks deep into a uh, collection of Beanie Babies that suddenly no one wants anymore. And it, uh, you know, they only have you know they got one they have to get rid of, and I, I don't know. I mean. I would think Greg Monroe might be more movable now than he was a couple months ago, but you know, I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, first off, I'm, I'm also not sure that they would want to trade him because he actually has been helping them win basketball games, and we know that they care about that. So yeah, it's it's just a weird spot in general. I, I was going to say, as someone who just wrote an article about Greg Monroe playing the best basketball <laughs> of his career, um, I would say one that he would seem more tradable. And two, when you said like, oh, I guess like Greg might care about his touches or might care about like the points he's he's able to put up or the stats he's able to put up. Hell yeah. Like if I'm getting my minutes are getting cut to 21 a game and you're playing Miles Plumley and John Hansen <laughs> over me. Hell yeah. I'm going to be mad. Like what? What human being wouldn't be? Uh, he's putting up the best numbers of his career. And, and granted, it's only been 21 minutes, and I'm doing some projecting out to per 36, but it's the best basketball he's played in his career. And he's getting he's getting Miles Plumley and John Henson playing over him. I, I Any anger that he has is totally, totally reasonable. Um, so I, I do hope that he's pissed off, because I would be, and he should be. Because uh, that... It, it's pretty much garbage. And, and like you said, uh, if you're going to play two centers the rest of the year, that I think that's fine. Like that is, that is what Jason Kidd has wanted to do 
all along. He he's he's sworn against any two big lineups, like playing two bigs at the same time, and essentially throughout his entire head coaching career, he's relied on just two bigs. That's that's pretty much what his patterns show. And again, I know when I asked John Henson about it, or when I asked John Hammond about it after the season last year in exit interviews, he said, "Well, every team has a third center." which is 100% true. Every team does have a third center. But not every team pays $13 million for their third center <laughs> a year. Like that is that is something not every team does. Most teams just decide to take a flyer on a second rounder or get a guy that was undrafted and pick him up or even just scrape the bottom of the barrel and pay two or three million dollars for a guy. Um, so, or, or give Miles Plumley his, qual- his, his qualifying offer and see if he can get anybody to offer him a deal. Yeah. Anyway, neither there, here nor there. there. There's plenty. There's plenty of things that that, that could have been done. Uh, so I'm fascinated to see if they do stick to playing just two, and if it becomes a, a trend, a pattern for more than just tonight. I'll be fascinated if there's ever a time when Greg Monroe is the one that's the odd man out because if so that's insane yeah because i mean henson and plumley are basically similar versions of i mean they're different but stylistically you know if you're talking about playing for matchups and things like that they're very comparable right yep um and I, one thing i thought of while you were um just just talking was um I, i'm sure some people remember do you remember last year when uh, the Bucks talked about wanting to get, um, wanting to play. I, I don't know if it was Henson specifically, but Kid talked about playing. I think specifically Henson with Monroe, or, or this is you know a year ago. Yeah. Um, going to camp was talking. About, oh, we can, well, we can play two bigs. We'll look at that. And then of course it was a lie. Like he never, just, he never Correct. had any intention. I, no, I, I do. I think it was media day where he's like, oh yeah, we yeah. can. Because uh, oh, because Miles said that thing about how. Uh, how him and Greg, or maybe him and John, were playing together a lot in their pickup games before the season. And he was like, it's a thing that could happen. And when we asked Jason, I was like, yeah, that's a, that's a look we could have. And then, no, it was not. And, of course, John Henson always claims that he's a power forward, even though he's not. He's completely not a power forward. But, he's he's taken 20-footers uh, the last two nights. That's true. That's true. He even made one. So that's that's kind of a thing. Um but yeah, I don't know. It'll be inter- it'll be interesting subplot. I mean, it also kind of gets back to um, the fact that you know it, the last couple of years we didn't see it as much as well because Henson always seems to kind of pick up like random injuries as well. So yeah. he he has missed time as well. Um, again, with everybody healthy, the whole um, challenge to figure out what you do with these rotations becomes even more obvious. And obviously, Kid is a guy who plays lots of people, and so it only becomes more more obvious when you know he's only got one guy Chris Middleton who's hurt and unfortunately the one guy who's hurt is gone for probably the season and he's you know arguably your you know, maybe your second best player so um, you know you're left with a bunch of healthy guys who really aren't that different in terms of talent level and you know obviously none of the big guys other than Monroe have really stepped up um, this early in the season so yeah and obviously if you're you know if you want to say oh who's your third big man well screw it Thon isn't really a center at this point, but just make He's your third big man. Yep. Break, you know, your break in case of emergency guy, like, whatever. If you lose a game because Thon is getting just torched because he's not strong enough against centers, so be it. You know? Yeah. I mean, that's 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 fine. I, you know, 
So anyway, I think that's going to be it for us for tonight. Uh, Frank, I think still sadly has like two hours of driving left or something. Frank on a car phone. <laughs> so anyone listening, actually, no, it's going to be too late. Maybe you can find some podcast versions of Dallas sports radio shows or Austin sports radio shows or something. But Frank's going to be calling in all of them for the next two hours. Frank on a car phone. That's your guy. Um, but Thank you for joining us tonight, Frank, even though it was a little bit more difficult. Um, as always, uh, we, we're brought to you by brewhoop.com, and tonight we're brought to you by Mac Weldon as well. Uh, it's better than whatever you're wearing right now, so if you want some of the some of the hoodies we're ta- we've talked about, shirts we've talked about, socks, underwear, undershirts, sweatpants, uh, it's going to be the most comfortable stuff you're ever going to wear. So go to MacWeldon.com and get 20% off using the promo code L-O-B-U-C-K-S. Again, that's L-O-Bucks. And we'll talk to you guys later. Uh, the Bucks have a big one on Saturday against the Warriors um, as... Uh, I believe I'm trying to think who tweeted it out. Uh, but oh, it was my is my friend Stephen Watson uh, from Channel 12. He tweeted out that the Bucks had a stinker last year. Um, yeah. Before they played the Warriors, I think it was That's against true. the Raptors, and they lost by. Ugh, it was bad, right? Like 25 ish. Um, yeah. And maybe it wasn't it was it wasn't a great game. So they had a stinker before the Warriors last year. So um, I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, they they were on a I believe because I feel like in, in, when people look back on that, they always like, oh, well, well, yeah, well, the Warriors, you know, they played double overtime against the Celtics the night before, so they were they were really tired. But the Bucks lost a a game the night before as well. I think both teams had a back to back. So um, anyway, I'm not sure there'd be anything more Bucks than two. Com- total stinkers one against a two and eight team and then coming out and giving the warriors a run on saturday night so uh you who do, they, who do they play who do they play after that do you have the schedule in front of um i'm trying to think who they play because last year you i think people remember they went on the road and everybody was so excited and then they got torched by the Lakers, and then everybody was sad and I think I was crying in a, an Arby's bathroom at some point. <laughs> it's uh, a, it's a three-game homestand, uh, so it'll be Saturday against the Warriors, Monday against the Magic, and then a three-day break until Friday against Toronto. Um, all okay. three at the BMO, BMO Harris Bradley Center. So if you want to see the Bucks, go ahead and go get some tickets. I believe if you go to SeatGeek, they're down a little bit from what they were earlier in the week as we've gotten closer to the game. So uh, go ahead and check out SeatGeek and get some tickets there. You know the promo code. It's not that hard uh, for that as well. So we'll talk to you later. We'll talk to you after the Bucks give the Warriors a run on Saturday. We'll, we'll, we'll talk to you after the Bucks beat the Warriors and right before they lose <laughs> by 15 to the Magic at home. That is uh, is what we will do, Eric. That's perfect. For Frank Madden, I'm Eric Name. This has been Locked on Bucks. We will talk to you later.